forever. Dog. C-A-T spells murder. This week on the podcast, R.L. Stein's Cat. Hello and welcome to another episode of Teen Creeps, the podcast where we talk about YA pulp fiction from the 80s and 90s. I am joined by a very special guest co-host. Um, you may know him as the My Favorite Murder producer, as a podcaster from the Purrcast and See Jurassic Right. Stephen Ray Morris is here. Hi, Stephen. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for having me back. It's been a minute. I feel it's like it's been since, a minute. <laughs> like, like whole buildings, I feel like don't exist anymore since the I last know. time we talked, or whatever. Like, or it, the you know, Target on, by um, UCB is like built now. Yes, yeah. Time <laughs> has time has changed. There are more Targets now in LA. I know. Wow. And we were so young and carefree back then. <laughs> so young and carefree, and now we're beaten and broken. But you know what? Stronger, you know. Stronger for it, and I honestly like. So a friend of mine, um, shout out to Robert Taylor, um, who also listens to this podcast, um, discovered some books in like a like free for pickup yeah, thing yeah. in his apartment, like where people just put books they don't want or whatever. And he found this book and another one and gave them to me. And I was like, truly, wow, this is such a fine like this book is a very rare and be like the cover stunning perfect yeah you got that's a real great find i feel like when in my first apartment in la the only thing i got out of that were like some sunglasses you know out of mm. the free box and then i think like a dvd of the little mermaid so <laughs> the only thing i got from my last place is bed bugs <laughs> yeah exactly oh no yeah no, just this kidding is... that was like three places ago but still uh, that changes right. you forever oh no <laughs> it makes you crazy <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, LA. But I had, I, so I was going through my books and I was like, oh, the cat or cat, not the cat, cat. Um, and I was like, oh my God, Stephen has to cover this because A, Stephen is a fellow cat freak like <laughs> me. I mean, look at Penny Lane's with me right now. I mean, Pet well, hold on. I got to censor her. She's, oh, this I know. Is she's, she's, the, that's OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that through your Patreon <laughs> exclusive video. Yeah, she's putting that on main. <laughs> um, yeah, she's being indecent behind him, but still very adorable. Um, my cats are, I don't know. They're, they're, they're living their lives. They're very independent. That's not true. They're very dependent. They're just downstairs. <laughs> The things we tell ourselves to at least make ourselves feel not as desperate about our cats. Is so I know. Weird. She actually literally just, was it two nights ago? So Noodle has like various mental illnesses, mental illni. She has various yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of them is that she like forgets when I'm, if I'm just quiet, she thinks I'm dead or gone. Oh no. So like the other night she was just like walking around going like, no. No. Oh, and I was like noodle, and then she like came running, and she was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I thought you were dead." That's so. I mean, it's trauma for your benefit, I guess. But that's yeah. you know, she's so adorable. Oh, yeah, she. I mean, again, I would tell. I felt like during the pandemic, she got sick of me. But to be honest, I feel like we're more inseparable than ever at this point. You know, and seriously, yeah, you know. So I feel you. I um very often. And like, I go to the grocery store or something and I'm like, I wonder what they're doing right now. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I was talking to my Percasco Sarah the other day and I was realizing that I always say goodbye to Petty Lane when I leave 
<laughs> and then I was like, do people not do that? Like, do you not look where your pets are before you leave your apartment? Like, that's oh, always the to. last thing I do. I go like, make good yeah. choices or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But and then yeah. It, yeah, you have to. Yeah. I, I just was, I, but I'd never thought about it, even though, you know, I talk about her all the time. Okay. Teen Creeps listeners, do you have a pet that you just like ignore when you leave? <laughs> I don't know where the fuck she is. Sorry. Uh, I don't know what the fuck she's up to. Well, sometimes with Noodle, I don't like, well, I like to make sure that they're inside because I have that balcony. Yeah. So, because I'll close that before I leave. But like, I guess sometimes Noodle's up to her own shit and she's like not. Because she will hide under the bed for like hours. Yeah. And not come out. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are times where I'm like running late and then Mm -hmm. I like live with regret, you know, like. I know. (laughs) You're like, oh, no, I didn't say goodbye. What if something happens? And then I'm, you know. Yeah. And then your last words are nothing. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I know. I like also anytime Noodle comes into the room, I I announce it to the room, even if it's just me and LH. And I'll be like, everyone, here she is. Here she comes. Here's Noodle. Uh, <laughs> and she likes it. Noodle likes, like, she likes singing and she likes music and she likes um, me announcing her presence. Like, she'll, like, fluff up her tail and, like, kind of parade around. That feels, is she a Leo? I mean, you know. I, she might be. I don't actually know when her B day is. Well, we'll yeah, say she is. Because, yeah, I, I sometimes, you know, it's funny, for a long time I used to say Penny is a Leo because her gotcha day for me was in August, but she was already, you know, a few months old at that mm. point, or, like, maybe even, like, six months old at that point. So maybe, you know what, honestly, she might be a Capricorn that actually tracks for mm. you, or maybe an Aquarius cusp or something like that. Yeah, and honestly, we do need to think about rising as well, because that does, <laughs> how True. does she portray herself to the world? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I was just, I was, oh, I was just telling my therapist that, uh, <laughs> My cat, I appreciate that my cat is very intimidating to people. Yeah. And that I think that's a better, that's a better way to be. It's better to be intimidating. And then you meet her. She's lovely and sweet and says mm-hmm. hi, you know, because she's very social rather than like everyone liking her. And then like, she's a huge bitch when like, you know, like it's the, you know, yeah. the, the celebrity effect of like, you know, it's Never like meet you meet your heroes. Yeah, exactly. I always feel like when people meet Penny, they have a great impression. She's very sweet. Yeah. Aw. I don't think I've ever met Penny. No, I don't think so. Because we, when you did the podcast, we came over to your place. So yes, because I had the two gatos. Yes. So, but you. Yeah. Were, I mean, again, you're welcome Here to she come is. over every anytime and hang out. She's, you know, it's like the moment somebody else comes, she's like way cares way more about them than yeah. me. Yeah. My cats are like that too. I'm like, like okay, well, celebrity. Yeah. Acting fake. What are you doing? <laughs> well, I always joke that she likes to have her picture taken, but she doesn't want to pose for it. It has to be like, oh a, my fake, God. like yeah. a fake um, uh, candid or whatever. Yeah. She calls the paparazzi before she goes somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> Penny. I'm revealing, I'm revealing all of her secrets. Sorry. Uh, um, and it is appropriate that we are talking so much about cats because we are speaking of cat. By Arl yes. Stein. Cat, just C-A-T. Just cat. Uh, beautiful cover. A stunning woman with bright green eyes holding a beautiful angry cat. Well, I was going to say, I mean, just even thinking about this book and reading it and the twists and turns and everything like that, the kind of moment when I realized that what the cover was in relation to the rest of the book was got me genuinely excited. Like, yes. I don't know if I would say this book is good or anything, but like no. that moment felt very like, yeah! yeah, you know, like it was. And and anytime they say Fear Street, of course, you're just like, they did the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the cover, I believe probably is with, is Kit, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and it's actually the cat looks a lot like Noonil, little yeah. Noonie. Um, so the back of the book says the cat came back. Marty never liked the cat. It always got in the way at basketball practice, <laughs> but he never meant to kill it. Now Marty thinks he's going crazy. He sees cats everywhere. He knows they want revenge. Too bad Marty doesn't have nine lives because his first one is almost over. Bum, bum, bum. I mean, <laughs> Marty deserved everything. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, it's kind of hard to. I mean, you know, I think Dwayne and Barry are worse. Dwayne and Barry are much worse. <laughs> like I, and it's funny because we just covered Double Date, which also had. I feel like R.L. Stein when he writes guys, they're always like, huh, "I'm kind of a bad boy, and I get all the girls and did it." Like I'm just like. They're just so icky, whereas the girls are very, and the boys are always, they get their comeuppance. Yes. Whereas the girls are like, well, gosh, if I had to describe myself, I'd say I'm five foot four and I have brown hair and, you know, like, just like pretty normal. No, well, and yeah, there it's, I mean, it is so very, um, there's that Disney Channel original movie, like set in the 50s. I can't remember which, but it's all very like sock hop. And like, even though this is um, like the 80s or whatever, the 70s, but Yes. Just everything about it is so gee whiz. But, it, you know, I think but I think that's why people like this, like because there's a camp factor to it almost unintentionally. I don't know. Yeah. And everyone talks very it's funny it, it, in a very dated way. And they kind of talk in the way that, um, you know, how like girls in 70s movies are like, well, gee, Thomas, you're real sick. You're yeah. real sick. Like that kind of. Yes. way this is this is team like beach this is like team beach and team beach too yes 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 uh, um i mean but granted okay it is tricky right because marty he didn't mean to kill the cat but he still killed it and i yeah. would have felt the way that those girls felt like i would have been like you are disgusting i don't want to talk to you because also he was like he was shitty about the cat from the Yeah. Jump. Well, I mean, yeah, that's ultimately and I think Arlstein is yeah, is calling attention to that sort of thing is that like ultimately out of his anger uh, you know against this thing happening, he tries to seek revenge, you know, the the, the yeah. first incident of them chasing the cat after he ends up at the nurse's office or whatever. Like, yeah, he chose to go back and, you know, so it's it's that, you know, sealing your own fate or whatever kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, he for sure, he tried to get revenge on a cat. It's like, what are you thinking? Like, it's an animal. It doesn't, it doesn't know you're getting revenge on it. I mean, if I, you know, anytime, like if I, like if I accidentally like step on Penny's tail or anything, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I'm just like, oh no, I'm the worst part. Like, I know. It, it is interesting because they are young. So they're, I, this book is interesting to me because I felt like I was appreciated that it wasn't as graphic, you know, like cat yeah. death, like that kind of stuff in it is not as, you know, I think it's... The people deaths are worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which but are, it, I'm, I like. <laughs> yes. No, of course. They like, <laughs> ah, your, your boyfriend was slashed to pieces, you know, it's like, what's <laughs> yeah. this detective <laughs> Oh language? my God, the detective. <laughs> uh, sit down, son. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah, what did you think about that as far as like, yeah, Marty's level of, because yeah, I don't know, it's weird because it, it's like he's the main character, so I can tell that we're supposed to, you know, feel bad for him, but ultimately he like does. Well, know, and he's he selfish in yeah. general. I think he's supposed to, I think this book is super similar to Double Date in the characterization of the main character um, in that we are supposed to think he's kind of an asshole yes. and like. 
he's very selfish the way that he thinks about girls like when he's like oh like jessica she's paying attention to me blah 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 and then he's like oh but kit's hotter so like i mean who yeah. could deny i'm yeah. gonna start hanging out with kit now and like the way he treats ricky and uh, he's such a scott pilgrim where oh he's just like God. he's just like uh, i don't know yeah. i just yeah. liked her better whatever like yeah. you know totally reckless and you know irresponsible and you know and i, th I think that's the thing of like it's it's funny to me because again, I haven't read as many of these as you have. So in my head, sometimes I am, or when I was reading this, I was like, I kept wondering, is Arl Stein supposed to make us feel sorry for this kid? But he, he isn't at all. No, but it and is I just think, funny. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, and I think like we are supposed to be like, ha ha, at the yeah. end. Yes, yeah. But do you think? Do you think even when this was written, people were supposed to be ha ha, or do you think that people felt bad about him at all? I think maybe you feel bad about him in moments, right? Yeah. Like there that one moment when he's talking to his coach and he has that one moment of remorse. I was actually pretty surprised when he's like, you know what? Like I actually should serve my community service time. Like it's going to be a pain in the ass, but like I did something kind of bad and I should do it. And the coach is like, wow, you're actually a good kid. Like don't tell anyone I told you that, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And like, that is, I think, it was good because it did show us he had some moments of self-awareness, but I think it was cool that, or like cool for the story. Yes. That he's the second that he's faced with any kind of adversity, like real or any opportunity to step on somebody, he takes it. Yes. That's a great so, point. Yeah. I guess that what maybe what makes me think this book is kind of good in that way, because I mm -hmm. felt like, I don't know. It almost be boring to me if you were just. I mean, because again, ultimately, like in real life, obviously this person's out. You know, like you, mm -hmm. you know. But like for this story, it's like kind of yeah. There's moments where you're wondering, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe this kid could be redeemed. But then also like ugh, thirty hours. You know, like, I know he's like, how am I going to fit that in with basketball practice? You know, I think we are supposed to not like him from the beginning. You know why? Yeah, because we find out he lied about getting his scholarship. Right. Yeah, right. that right. he's just. I think R.L. Stein likes to write these guys like the pattern is if it's a boy protagonist, it is he's going to get what's coming to him. Yeah. And if it's a girl protagonist, unless it is Reva Darby, who is from Silent Night, who is like the evilest woman in the world. It's usually like, oh, how will this girl survive this thing? Yeah. But with boy with the boy protagonist, it's always like, OK, well, wait until this guy gets knocked down a peg. Yeah. And I think that says a lot about the intended audience for these books, which is teenage girls who are usually probably on the outside and have been treated yeah. poorly by a boy like uh, Marty. Yeah. Well then, yeah, I wonder if the drama then, because so much of this book is the drama of him basically getting in trouble and like, yeah, presented with an opportunity to be a bigger person then takes the, takes the easier route, more worse stuff happens for him, but he keeps getting out. So it's almost like the drama is like, we want him to get his comeuppance. And then finally, it happens. Is this a teenage uncut gems? Oh is this like, cause it's like every opportunity, like he is given like opportunity after, after opportunity. Marty, you know, to like not keep doing his thing, right? Like not keep playing into the game of his character. Yeah. And every time we know he won't, yeah. and then it leads to his demise. Yeah. It is. It's funny though, because I think we're also conditioned for stories of, uh, of like, I think I'm somebody who kind of doesn't, or I'm very uncomfortable. It's stories where parents don't believe kids. That's very stressful, I feel like. And so 
that is an element going through this story where it's like he is telling the truth about some things, but you know yeah. he's, he's not he's not handling it well at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Because that he he is telling the truth, but sometimes he does lie. Yes. Like when he's in court in oh, student court i texted you about that i was like student court what the <laughs> i know for something like that too not like oh i you know uh cheated for the student body government uh election or something it is like a like violence and murder of an animal yeah that's, like where are the parents and the, why are the teachers letting this happen i know this is so like um Stanford, not Stanford prison experiment, but it's the classroom experiment yes. one. Uh, yes, yes. My friend murder. We we did that uh, that story where it's like the students had to. Um, oh, tell the other ones like do this thing to this person. Yes, yeah. It was like mm -hmm. a Holocaust uh, mm -hmm. reenactment thing. Oh that, yes. Yeah, I can't remember mm -hmm. the name of it, but it's. I mean, I did it in junior high school. We had to do that too. You did. What yeah, did you yeah. do? Wait, were, were you? What person were you? Uh, I think I was, I think I was Jewish. I don't really remember. I feel like I blocked it out because it seems traumatizing. Like to, yeah. <laughs> to like, like, um, you know, we had to wear like armbands and stuff. Like I can't believe they like let us. Oh my God. Cause I mean, you grew up in Orange County too as well. And so no, like, I grew up in uh, LA. Oh really? Oh, okay. I for, cause I was thinking, cause, um, you mentioned I'm in South Bay. That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember you mentioning one time on a podcast, right? That you went to winter formal. At Knott's Berry at Farm, Knott's, yeah, which I did too. So I thought I assumed it was just um, Orange County, but no, yeah, because I'm in. I'm from uh, Torrance. Oh, so that's right. yeah, I yeah. mean, like right above, like you know. Then there's Long Beach, and then yeah, there's yeah. so it's like really close to. I mean, you know, I the student court thing. It's like it's just, it's just you know, I maybe we're just at the point where everyone seems like babies. But the idea that they're letting a bunch of, I mean, how old is Marty? Seventeen, probably 16? at most seventeen. I think he's probably sixteen. I mean, I guess we were capable. I mean, I think about like, oh, I was driving since I was 15 and a half. Yeah, but I feel like empathy and all of that really doesn't hit until you're like 22. <laughs> no, really, some people. Truly, older. and some people never. Yeah, yeah, so never. <laughs> some people <laughs> but, grow up to be Ted Bundy. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, Marty, who knows? Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But I was actually surprised at the emotional maturity of like Jessica. Is uh, Jessica Wells the friend? Yes, and Ricky. Or, yes, Ricky. Well, I mean, Ricky, Ricky and Gail to me were kind of the most complex characters because mm -hmm. they were. It, it's interesting because it is. I mean, I guess maybe they're supposed to be the point that like they were good, like they represent good. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, Marty was good. Like mm -hmm, people he used liked to him. Be with Ricky and they were yeah. friends with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then their story is kind of like they're in the messiness of all of this, you know, whereas like Dwayne and Barry are just sort of meat, you know, they're horrible. Uh, yeah. And you're just supposed to, you know, just, I mean, again, this book is. I, I appreciate this book for not being too graphic as far as like cat stuff goes, where it's just like, yeah, they're just holding up a dead cat. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just like, and they keep laughing about it and making jokes. And like, I thought 
definitely Ricky is the moral compass of the book. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and it's interesting, too, because when was this book written? Um, 1997. May 1st, 1997. Wow. This book is so much later than I thought it was. I thought this (laughs) was like like maybe like 87 or something. I mean, it feels I mean, it feels very, you know, just of of more of like an eight because it just feels like pre cell phone. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. But I mean, even. You know, the thing that we've talked a lot about on the podcast is that, like, even just our general attitude about cats has shifted. So more cats obviously are very mysterious and don't like to be studied and all that everything. But like, (laughs) I mean, you know, like growing up, cats were indoor, outdoor. They did their own thing. Mm -hmm. Like they had no interiority that we could possibly understand. And Mm -hmm. so when I read this book in my head, I'm like. It's obviously not excusable, but it's in an era where, like, if you talk to people who are older, like, they don't think about cats the way that, like, our generation does. They don't have the same type of relationship. So it's like, it it almost feels, again, like Greece or back to the future level of, like, this dead cat. And it's like, but it would be traumatizing. Like, like, I couldn't see Gen Z's reenacting this story in any form, you know? No. And I mean, and again, I think, like, kind of what you were saying, where that feeling of that like 1950s and 60s the idea of like not like like just casual animal cruelty almost which was like oftentimes tied to masculinity because like women would be like oh you're being cruel blah 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 right like i feel like that theme was so prevalent in a lot of older stuff yes um and like that kind of is the case here where like the girls are like you are awful and he gets mad at his friends not for being cruel to the cat, even though he doesn't do what they do about the yeah. cat. He's like, do you see how bad you're making me look? Like, you're not mm. standing up for me. You're making me look guilty, blah, blah, blah. Even though in his head, he's like, I would never, he doesn't actually, it's not in his head. He says it. Yeah. He's like, I would never kill a cat because that would be like killing my own pet. And I love Teddy, my dog. Like, I would never kill a dog or a cat. Yeah. Um, But even though he's like, I would never do that. And so assuming he thinks that that's like abhorrent behavior, he still doesn't stop his friends from acting that way and doesn't even seem to have any internal monologue or internal thoughts about them being cruel. Yes. It's more like you're making me look bad. So it's still as these animals are an instrument of like how he. Well, you're it's narcissism. You're, you're describing narcissist. you're describing yeah. it perfectly like yeah. that behavior of it's more important how others perceive you than mm-hmm. what the truth is because ultimately the truth doesn't matter because yeah for for marty this whole you know um the cat dying sets off this incident of it's affecting his life negatively and ultimately like that's what's important to him it's not the truth of it actually isn't important and again i think there's moments where maybe he's starting to real some have some of that interiority, but then like, but ultimately it's like, no, this is all affecting and hurting me. Uh, so it doesn't matter what the truth is, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, like you said, it's, it's how does this make me look? Yeah. And he's like very unexamined. <laughs> <laughs> he does not have any, like he's, he's not ever like, Hmm. Cause okay. If I accidentally killed a cat, Oh my God. Uh, I mean, I would maybe kill myself. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. I would like be so upset, like, r- like th- writhing around in guilt for months. No. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Whereas I mean, he's just like, Oh, I can't believe this. I didn't do it on purpose. Oh uh. yeah. I mean, that feels like a typical teenager, but again, I think that's the, the, di- like the Ricky and Gale of it all distinguishing that, like, even like normal kids. Yeah. Sh- like ultimately, hopefully have, empathy 
but you know in this world you know and and on fear street you know the boys Mm -hmm. are don't and they deserve Mm -hmm. you know and they get their comeuppance justly yeah yeah and i and i actually liked um because at first when ricky uh decides to come up to him and talk to him and she's like you know like you need to watch yourself blah 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 and he's like oh wow like everyone thinks that i'm so like terrible because of the cat thing like i didn't know that you would be on my side and she's like oh no 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 i think you're completely sick <laughs> yeah for what you did to that cat but i just don't want our team to suffer so like get your <laughs> shit together and play the game and then you know move on with your life like i did like ricky a lot yeah no i mean she and I, you know, I even like that she got to make out with a boy too. She kind of got to have it all a little bit, but you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Because she makes she makes out with Barry, right? She does. She and Barry have a thing, and um, I mean, I feel like she was kind of doing that to get back at him because, like, there's no uh-huh. way she was attracted to Barry. Come on. But didn't she say something of like, like, oh, he was the only boy who paid attention to me, or something? Maybe. And I mean, he's described as looking like Clark Kent. Yeah, that's right. So he's a hottie. Yeah. Supposedly. I mean, they all, you know, again, everybody's just seems so like, but that's what I'm saying. Like Kit on the cover, like everyone else seems like Pleasantville compared to, but even then I wasn't imagining Kit looking like this until, until, you know, the, the twists and stuff. Because again, yeah, I mean, I just imagined like Amy Jo Johnson or something like that. Hold on. I got to look up who that is. Amy Jo Johnson. Yeah. She's the Pink Ranger from Power Rangers. She is also in that Disney Channel Yes, movie. yes, 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 yes. I see what you mean. I pictured her as looking kind of scary and dangerous and, like, hot. I mean, I didn't expect her to look like a 32-year-old woman like she does <laughs> on the cover. Yeah, this is the Love Witch. Like, yes, this is amazing. Love Witch! <laughs> yes, I love that movie. Um, so, like, in the, the like, the, the, the way the story goes, let's, like, go through it. And so that people, I mean, it's a very simple story. So basically Marty, he's a basketball player. He's told everyone that he has this um, scholarship scholarship. He does not. (laughs) Um, He uh, is playing basketball. He, there's this cat that he doesn't like and it runs across uh, and he, he keeps trying to get rid of it. Right. Well, that's, what's so interesting is so the, the book kind of pauses this, you know, this whole thing is basically, Here's the 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 three uh musketeers, this like star basketball team trio. They've been friends since they were a kid. And you yeah. know, and basically regular Scotty Pippen, uh uh Michael Jordan, Jordan and um Dennis Rodman, right? Chicago Bulls. Sure, sure. yeah, yeah. 90s there we go. Bulls. Um and essentially it's like the whole book is like the big game and like and this, you know, the series of unfortunate events that happen because um uh, Uh, marty kills this cat or whatever Mm -hmm. and but what i find very fascinating is that there's and i think to your point kelly of like ultimately we are we're rooting against him from the beginning is people liked this cat this cat was sort of like an unofficial mascot and so it it is interesting where there's that kind of but it's never really brought up again you know people obviously are like freaked out because this this kid killed the cat and then started and it was very funny when the police come in and they're like and you've had visions of seeing like like wait who's been like this this there's such a narcissistic like view like focus on this one kid where it's like we've all heard you've been having visions of the cat i know Uh, mary main character syndrome he 
like everything he's experienced is fulfilling his, or is reinforcing his narcissism. Yes. Yeah. But it is this thing of, it is an interesting dynamic where at the very beginning, there is an element of, oh, everyone likes this cat. So it's interesting that that's kind of never brought up again. Like you killed our mascot, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. So at the beginning, you know, I forget exactly how it comes, but basically it's like a whoops. And like, even the yeah. coach says it's like, it's kind of lame how you describe how it happened. Which yeah. I, which I kind of appreciated. I did too. Well, so he, um, originally he, uh, uh, is like running around the cat. He, he had been trying to get rid of this cat and like, he's like j weirdly jealous of the cat. It's very weird. Yeah. And so the cat runs by, he like trips and falls and lands on his knee. His knee gets, um, like hurt. And yeah. he's like, I'm going to get revenge on this cat. <laughs> so everyone's like, okay. Except his like minions are like, yay. Yeah. He goes and like captures the cat. He brings it to the top of the bleacher and it's like scratching at his arms because it doesn't want to be held above the edge, like where it could fall. Yeah. And then his friend, I think it's Barry or Dwayne, one of them comes up and he, um, he's struggling with the cat. He like throws the cat off of the bleacher and grabs his friend and the friend pulls him back. That's right. And the cat dies. Yeah. And it's very sad. Um, and then his friends like pick up the cat. They're oh, like right. joking it's, about cause it. They, Cause they watch the cat fall. So it's mm -hmm. not like it's, it's, it, you know, as the book progresses, it almost seems like a thing of like, whoops, I dropped the cat, yeah. but it is very like, whoop. And then. Yeah. They watch the cat die, which is horrifying. Yes. And then they instantly they're making jokes. They're yeah. like, I thought cats always land on their feet, blah, blah, blah. And then at lunch later, either Dwayne or Barry is like, oh, this kind of tastes like cat. And they're like yeah. cackling. <laughs> and he is being so stupid. Like Marty's like, you guys are making me look really bad. Instead of like, you're being so callous and really like you're loathsome. Yeah. Like very abhorrent behavior yeah it's that kind of thing where where again like when people talk about you know um people who've murdered people where it's like they're looking more for they're they're always they're setting their story straight before they actually go get help you know kind yeah. of thing it's like clear what their priorities are yeah in that way and so it's like very obvious that yeah marty is just trying to find ways to cover his skin you know yes um and instantly Ricky and, and oh, and during that interaction, when the cat falls, Ricky and Gail observe like they witness it. Yeah. And they're instantly they're just like that. Like, how could you have done that? That was so horrible. Like, you're disgusting. And in fact, the abuse to the cat's dead body is done to like be salacious at the girls. Yes. That's and, right. Like, yeah. Overwhelm their sensibilities. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, it's and again, it's that thing where I'm just when I'm reading this and, it, you know, and again, that idea of like thinking about the era in my head where it's like, I feel like at some point, like this would have been more normal, like this wouldn't have been as yeah. weird as as sociopathic as like it, it, like the way that we think of it now, where it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, there's like a version of this where like, I don't know, it's it's that idea of um when people talk about romantic stories about their grandparents and they're like, oh yeah, when their grandfather just wore their grandma down until she yeah, <laughs> married she him. Gave in. It, yeah. It's it's that idea of like, I guess there's times when I was reading this where I'm just like, oh, like in some world, like this wouldn't have been as weird where it's like totally bananas now. Mm -hmm. I did think that 
what the book successfully did for me, and I don't know if this was intended at the time then, I think it was. Yeah, because uh, it's 97, so it feels a little yeah. bit, that to me ma makes me think that it is, like you're saying, R.L. Stein is, is like, he has these tropes and these things that he's setting out to do Yeah, uh, with these well, characters. And it's like, okay, look at these three characters and we have these moral compass characters who are like, you are vile and disgusting. And one of the characters is our POV character. And I think, at least for me, when I was reading it, that when the when Dwayne and when Barry were acting like how they were acting, my first thought was, "I hope you fucking die." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they do. They die yeah. horribly by yeah. clawed to death. Yes, yeah, slashed to pieces. Which I was like, good. Every so it is. I feel like it's one of those like horror tropes of look at these unbearable people and. You can't wait to see how they die. Yeah. And I think, did you see Megan, M3 again? Yes. yes, I did. It feels like that. Yes. Oh my gosh, like perfect. These unbearable people, they're going to die. You know what? Thing. That's a great, Megan, I feel like, I loved Megan, by the way. I loved your episode too. I loved too, Megan, thank you. Uh, that you did with Oscar. Uh, that was, it's, it's, it's that perfect setup where, yeah, the, the rhythms of it is like, like we're ready for this person mm -hmm. to die. Like they've done it. You're like, uh oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. you throw the popcorn. You know, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that's a good. Like, point oh, I can't wait to see how this person dies. Kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. No, but I think it's interesting too because I think like some people. I think we're talking a lot about how Allison Williams' character that like maybe she did deserve to die mm -hmm. in Megan. But I'm like, I think I, you know, I, I think they're if we step outside the film, we could maybe mm -hmm. say sh sure that this character deserved more you know, uh, comeuppance or whatever, but like within the scope, when the, within the narrative scope of the movie, like it makes sense that Alison Williams character survives at the end, mm -hmm. you know, it makes sense mm -hmm. for that. Whereas like in this, yeah, there's no, there's no redemption. Yeah. And I also think like flawed characters can exist and don't necessarily deserve to die. Yes. Yeah. Cause like she was flawed, right? Like she was not a good <laughs> adoptive mother to this child. And she, she like, she got forced to have, I mean, imagine yeah, being like, handed a exactly. child after your sister dies. Like Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you can have flaws and be realistic and all of this stuff, but that doesn't mean you deserve to die. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I think like you were saying in the Megan episode of just like, it's, but you know, a good movie or a good book, it's like, you're just, you're always excited and, and correctly anticipating the yeah. result. And you're, you're like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. You know, yeah. when, when, um, in the book, when the rolled up carpet and you're like, oh my God, they got Barry. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, it, yeah. or with the clue with the door open. So there's all those little clues yeah. that just make you go like, oh, this is like, uh, this is what's supposed to happen. Yeah, exactly. I always appreciate something that's like, I mean, this one did have a twist where it's like, <laughs> oh, oh shit. But I do like when like in horror, the most satisfying thing of like, you're like, okay, I know that this person's going to die. The question is how? Yeah. And when you can kind of, okay, is it that? Oop, nope. That's a fake out. Like, like you were saying the rolled up carpet, the door open. Oh, he's fine. He's with her. Yeah. Oh no. But he's going to get a call in like the next morning from his mom. Or his mom's going to come in and say, Hey, guess what? Your friend was sliced to ribbons. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> sliced to ribbons feels like a very like fifties. Ah, sliced to ribbons. Sliced you know? ribbons. Yeah, <laughs> he's found dead on the ground. Sliced to ribbons. <laughs> also, he like doesn't want to. He keeps trying to avoid Ricky because he's like, ugh, like oh my god, his conversation with her on the phone. Yes. Oh, what was uh, 
well, it's, I think you're right about the, also like the tying of his treatment of women mm-hmm. is in a way supposed to clue us in how we're supposed to feel about him at any given time. It's almost like, yes, you know, we are, you know, naturally want to feel sympathy for characters and stuff. But like at the same time, like we're constantly reminded, like, no, this person's bad. Just like you're saying, again, we've said it before, but just when you think he could take the easy choice, he's like, oh, you know, like I didn't feel like talking to her anymore or whatever. Yeah. And you're just like, what? How? What yeah. a psycho, you know? Or when he's when he's like, um, or she's like, okay, so like, I'm finally going to call you out about this. Like, because the whole reason why I'm mad at you is because you were supposed to have a date with me. You lied, said you were sick, and then you were out on a date with someone else. And well, he's like, yeah, okay, well, I'm sorry I lied. I was trying to spare your feelings. I guess I shouldn't care what you think. And she's like, if you cared what I thought, then you wouldn't have lied to me. Yeah. Like that, like, so she definitely is like proof that not all teenagers are evil in this series. Yes. And he is proof that he's evil. <laughs> well, I, I, and to, to make an even finer point on it, the part that made me laugh and the part that made me go like, oh man, I can't wait for him to get it is, um, <laughs> is, um, it wasn't even a good date anyway. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh my God. He's like, I thought you'd like to know that. And she was like, what? And then I <laughs> like, like, you're supposed she, to feel sorry for me right now. I know he like made it into like, and he's like, God, I should. And also like, making it like that the reason he didn't tell her is because he's too good of a guy because he's like oh i didn't want to hurt your feelings so i guess i shouldn't have cared about what you think that's like what that doesn't even make sense if you cared about what i thought then you would have been open with me and said i don't want to date you anymore instead of lying to me well and and you know i think as somebody who grew up eh, i don't know that's the description for me but (laughs) I, i feel like there's a lot of things where you go through like like, you know, even when I was like starting to date or whatever, and you mistake those tendencies of like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. And it's like, no, you're just afraid to do the thing. It has yeah. nothing to do with sparing their feelings. And I think yes. part of growing up is realizing that when you are in relationships and you're having these situations that like you, you know, openly communicating and doing all that stuff is is the best way. Like, yes, it's mm-hmm. going to hurt, but like ultimately like you know like she was saying it's important to just tell the truth because that's better than lying whereas like yeah i think when you're younger uh or at least you know when i was younger, there's definitely times where i was just like well i don't want to hurt their feelings so i'm so i'm just not gonna break like i'm just gonna ghost them or whatever and you're like yeah how is that better like it's yeah. not at all but and it's not yeah exactly it's like and and you you know subconsciously you general you phrase it as like well i don't want to hurt them but really you're like i don't want to face the consequences of like saying the thing i want to say yes or even like hear myself say the thing that i think is cruel because i don't want the capacity i don't want to understand that i have the capacity to be cruel yes and then people and i think a lot of people you know have a victim complex where they don't want to be seen as the bad guy and it's mm -hmm. like you're not a bad guy you're just telling the truth like yeah yes it's gonna hurt yes the person's gonna be mad at you but they're allowed to be mad at you like yeah it's that idea of yeah just facing the consequences of your actions sort of thing mm-hmm. i mean that is like a huge reason of like god on i mean something that i've been like really working on is being very um like honoring kind of what i'm feeling and like doing things when they are feeling good and not doing things when they don't feel good yeah and like a big reason of like for my divorce and I guess like when it happened, how it happened and when it happened um, was because I felt like if I said, if I like put a name to the things that I, that were 
basically non-starters for our relationship, but that I had like put behind. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I was like, well, I love this person, which is true. I, I did. I obviously I care for him and I hope he's well. Um, but I was like, I don't want to tell him these things because that would be so mean to tell to somebody who I love. But at the same time, it's like, but what's more cruel? Yes. Like holding those things down and being dishonest with that person and wasting or not wasting, but like, you know, like, well, he, he could have known that years ago. We could have not gotten married. He could yeah, have yeah. found someone who want who doesn't have those issues that I did with well, that, it, our marriage. It, it's I think there's like uh, some people, like myself included, are people pleasers, and mm -hmm. it becomes this idea where your priorities are split. Where you're like, mm -hmm. I like in that moment, you can't be this person's friend and protector. You're this is yeah. the moment where you have to be the heartbreaker. You have to do that stuff. You know, and again, like in the past, like I've definitely been somebody who's like, like I like you can't be somebody's like friend and protector if you're breaking up with them. Like, yeah, you can't yeah. have your cake and eat it, too, in that way. And yeah. I think it's that idea of, yeah, as we get older, hopefully we, yeah, learn that in this moment. It's it's that idea of, you know, I think a lot of people um, have a hard time with people thinking incorrect things about them. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, being you misunderstood, mm -hmm. you think of like Marty, where it's like, he's so mad that people think he murdered this cat. And it's like, I think at some point people aren't thinking that they're just thinking, why are you reacting to us right. doing that? And so I think at some point you just have to let go. And I think that's what they even say in the book, like, just go to the march or the animal yeah. cruelty thing. Just do the student court. It'll blow over. People will forgive you. That's what Ricky's he, telling him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Ricky. And so it's that idea. It's like, yeah, you just have to be okay with people thinking the wrong thing about you for a while. Like, yeah. You well, know, because they're allowed to think that. Yeah, yeah. People are because like, that's what narcissism yeah. is, is not allow not being able to handle the idea that people are thinking the wrong thing about you. Yeah. And that's what drives narcissists crazy. Well, because also they I mean, intrinsic in being a narcissist, I guess, but it's like um denying other people autonomy. Yes. And like they're and 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 honestly, it's not even necessarily denying it, but just like presupposing that others don't have autonomy. Yes. And being like, well, they're allowed to think whatever they're going to fucking think. And like that thing of, and something that I was going over with my therapist uh, was that, and I think I've talked about, I have talked about this on the show, but it's like, because sometimes, right, like let's say you have a disagreement with someone or you have a um, incompatibility. Yeah. And oftentimes people will be like, well, you're wrong for for this incompatibility. Yeah. Like I want this thing and like you want this other thing and that's wrong. Yeah. And so then I personally was like internalizing a lot of like guilt and like that I was letting somebody down by not mm. feeling how they felt about, yes. about a variety of things. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And my therapist was like, no, like incompatibility isn't evil. It's just sad. And yeah. that's okay. Like, <laughs> but it's not wrong. And like, he's not wrong for wanting this and you're not wrong for wanting this other thing. And I was always internalizing it as like, well, I've let him down again. Well, I've done this again. I can't do, I'm always like, you know, I'm never able to live up to this standard of this thing. And so I'm just going to put blinders on and hope that it just disappears. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, well, but I think that's the point about, that's what's so difficult about communicating is that like, I think for me, a big thing in, in my life in the last like few years has been like, in terms of saying how you feel, but also making somebody feel safe or feel heard because mm -hmm. ultimately that's what I hope to have to be reciprocated. Like it's not, it's like, Oh, like you're not wrong. I just feel this way and I'm just letting you know. So yeah. now, now that that that's on the table, 
now let's start to figure it out. And then I think that's where the issue comes in sometimes where mm-hmm. somebody's like, I can't handle the idea that you are even feeling this way. So I'm going to mm-hmm. deny you that mm-hmm. or vice versa or whatever. Well, yeah. And it's oftentimes people are told, right, that like, or maybe this is somewhere in their upbringing, something in their past, something, something where it's like, and p- possibly it's, you know, a narcissist dealing with a narcissistic parent or something like that, where they are told if you make me feel bad then you're a bad person yes so then it's like oh this like mistake or this misstep on my part is demonstrative of my character yes when like no it's just sometimes people make mistakes and like sometimes like you know you say something you don't realize that it hurts someone or whatever yeah because ultimately we're we're all kind of spinning around in our own orbits Mm -hmm. and and the re- the sad reality is a lot of stuff isn't personal and we're just we're just everyone's just sort of casually cruel to each other mm-hmm. without even realizing it but i think the adult thing is being able to call that out too you know yeah well totally and being like well cuz it's it's exactly that right where there's so many people that are like well what do they think and i want to a lot of times i want to like slap them and be like no one's thinking about you <laughs> everyone's thinking about themselves no one gives a shit what you're fucking doing like no one is thinking about you yeah, I mean, in, uh, you know, I think it's that thing. I feel like you were saying on a recent episode, like this idea of like everyone's kind of going through a lot of stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the greatest thing that we can do for each other is just like, it's just we don't need to add onto the pile. Like you got to yeah. think about yourself in the context of other being. I, there was, there's some great meme of like that idea of you mistaking your own importance in someone else's life. Yeah. I mean, for me, that would be very embarrassing if I like any (laughs) any time that's happened to me where I feel like I'm way more important in somebody else's life. And it's like, oh, they actually have a million things going on. And, you know, I'm just like the least of their worries. That's it's embarrassing, but it's also very freeing because I think we should all be giving each other that sort of grace of like, you know, I think a lot of people are. I think like since, you know, in this sort of tail end of this pandemic or tail of this cat tail of this pandemic, (laughs) it's like. You know, I feel like I like if people want to cancel plans, if somebody's not feeling good, it's like, you know, let's just no. like we should all be feeling good and uplifting each other instead of like, well, I wanted to hang out with you tonight. So I would rather you do that than, you know, even if you're feeling bad or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and, and I get that. Like, I, I think there are certain things that will annoy me where it's like, hmm, (laughs) I guess it's just mostly like I really can't stand narcissists yes um and maybe it's partly you know experience with them and also like and i think i I mean i for sure have talked about this where like i used to be very mm, in my early 20s i was not a good person i didn't like i don't like who the person that i was and i had trouble with like self mm, the i didn't look at other people like they were people like they were sources of validation sure yeah i mean we all are figuring it out and I, again ultimately it's sometimes you get way, way um awoken by that fact mm-hmm. you know somebody has to tell you that that's what's going on and sometimes mm-hmm. you figure it out for yourself and then it's a slow journey to undo the kind of damage that mm-hmm. you maybe have been doing or that has been done to you yeah and i also feel that i have more trouble if it's if someone is like mm, doing something to me then I feel almost nothing. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm either like, okay, like I'm fine with it. Like, I, I don't think I take things personally or I'm just like, if someone does something horrible, then I'm just like, oh, okay, well, like, we're just not going to be friends. Like, it's no, fine. for sure. But if someone does something to someone else, I, that I get really like, 
I don't know why, but I get really upset. Like I get really angry. And especially if it's someone who's the type of person that won't stand up for themselves. Like I get very like angry. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. No, for sure. I mean, it's, it's always, uh, I, I, or at least I generally think it's harder to know your own value than it, it's, oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, as again, as somebody like, I just feel like I'm a much better like cheerleader for people than myself, you know, because mm -hmm. I think there's, I, I was thinking about this recently. It's like, if you've never necessarily had to f fight for yourself, then you're not gonna do that when you actually need to sometimes, you know, if mm -hmm. either you've been coddled or people have been nice to you your whole life, you know, or whatever, like mm -hmm. at some, like at some point, uh, yeah, that idea of like, not like you, sometimes you need to learn how to fight for yourself a little bit, whether mm -hmm. it's like fighting for yourself amongst your own, all the creatures in your own head or whatever mm -hmm. you know it's just having those arguments because i think it's like per about personal responsibility too where like if like i think a lot about again like a, somebody like marty where it's like or like a lot of guys when they're younger where they're irresponsible with people's feelings because they don't think it matters yeah and so it's like oh no but you do matter because you are you're talking to this person you're you know in the again in the book it's like he's just like eh, I, did, I didn't want to deal with it because that doesn't matter and it's like no these people liked him you know these yeah. girls liked him and so he's saying it doesn't matter which is actually very egotistical because it's like mm -hmm. you know he's not taking responsibility for it where in fact it's like no if you actually like realize that you're a person who's like you know it's it's a weird like thing where negative or uh negative self-esteem can end up like hurting other people weirdly mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I think also there's that hypocrisy there of him being like, well, me saying that doesn't matter. And it's like, well, then why does it matter to you so much when people say that you killed that cat? Yeah, you're right. Like yeah. that. It, it's just uh, he's so I think it's the more and more I think about it. And then we talk about it. I'm like, I think he's the villain for sure. Like, yes. No, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think it was telegraphed with. It's just almost like, you know, it's just. I think it's it's good writing in the sense that or like fun writing and you know and I think about because I feel like the f I think I, we did two goosebumps like the first mm -hmm. time I was on and I, I feel like afterwards you and Lindsay were like oh never doing goosebumps again <laughs> yeah because the writing on those is so much worse than Fear Street it's, yeah it's kind of startling because I feel like no I think the second time maybe I read a Fear Street book I can't remember what it was but I definitely the first know the time you for sure did goosebumps yes yeah yeah but it was just this thing of like I feel like he. I mean, Goosebumps is just like cocaine uh, uh, scrabble, you know, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whereas like this, at least I feel like I'm caught up in it, you know, like I'm caught yeah. up in the journey a little bit so that it is insane when Kit Morrissey turns out to be a shape-shifting cat person or whatever. That was just, so cool. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so what? When that happened, because I had to like go back to the beginning of the book because I was mm -hmm. like, was there something else? Was there a clue? Like, well, she was in the. She was in the gymnasium watching them play basketball. Yes. And then when the cat appears, she's not there. Yes. And but then I, I thought she's maybe gone there was for more. a couple days after she, the cat dies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because she's like, I was out sick. Oh my God, you're right. Where and then he, that? yeah, and she's like, for a couple of days, but I got over it. That's right. And he's like, oh, okay. And also, he's so self obsessed. He has no, he doesn't even bother to like think, connect anything. He doesn't care that she was sick, just that she's here now. So, yeah, because he's just like, ooh, she's paying attention to me. So mm -hmm. I don't really care how she was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, ugh. yeah. I loved the reveal, though. So basically, uh, he has to. So because he kills this cat, he has to do student court and they have like lawyers, like student lawyers. Yeah. And the girl that's the prosecutor, like has a crush on him, kind of, and like yeah. starts flirting with him later. 
But then he's like not interested in her because the hottest girl in school is Kit. Yeah. And Kit starts paying attention to him. But then I guess that's my question as far as like, I guess the idea is that this cat, Kit, mm-hmm. somehow ended up there one day and became obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, this whole thing. And then the, all the stuff happens. And he killed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in love with you. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I was like, about what? I was like, for what? Like, what part of him? That's very high school musical. It's like, yeah, oof, you know, just like through like doing layups and stuff. And yeah. it's like, he's so handsome. I know. There's he's actu- like sinking threes. And she's like, ah, oh. this cat just like, yeah, no, there's um, there's a great I'll send you the link to it. There's a great uh, uh, I was a weeb in high school and, mm, oh, yeah. um, and with the basketball anime. Uh, well, not basketball anime, but there is a Japanese, a J-pop artist who has a song where it is essentially this story. Really? Where it's like, a, it turns out it's like this woman is like singing and she like loves this guy. And then it cuts to like a guy like rescuing a cat and like the cat in it, like the twist is like, she's the cat, you know, like oh in love God. with the guy. So it's like the like sappy, like fun pop version of this story. But it is this story. Exactly. Oh my God. Uh, with not all wow. the murder and cat death and stuff. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, she was in front of him all along and she liked him, but then he let his hatred of cats doom him forever. Yeah, he did hate cats because at the very beginning he's like, and you know what's really funny? I feel like, um, you know, since, you know, we've been doing the percast for, gosh, like seven years now, which is insane. And most yeah. people who have cats are allergic to cats. It's just sort of, we're all kind of mm-hmm. low level allergic to cats. And then we kind of just get used to the cats that we have in our homes. Yeah, you have the specific cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the, and that's the other thing too, I guess, what made me think this book is older than it is, is that those attitudes, I feel, I definitely feel like yeah. people hated cats a lot more. It was like more acceptable to hate cats, I feel like even 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Well, the internet was what made cats because people started seeing videos of cats. And yes. like, I've always said, all it takes to get you to become obsessed with cats is to have one or to be around one. Yes. Uh, my mom used to hate cats. We were forbidden from having cats growing yeah. up because she thought they were mean. And then my sister was living with her and my sister had two cats or she still has them, Rocky and Julius. They're uh-huh. very cute. They're brothers. Uh, Rocky is an orange tabby and Julius is like a bobbed tail um, uh, calico and they're uh-huh. like they were street cats and my sister took them in and so they were living with my mom for a while because my sister then moved to a place that didn't allow pets and then my sister then moved to a place that did allow pets and my mom was like crying she was like I'm she's like can you get new cats and my and my sister's like what no you get a new cat yeah. like, that, that's my cat so my mom <laughs> eventually got a new cat named kiwi who's very cute <gasps> kiwi yeah she's demonic like completely (laughs) demonic okay literally my my so my mom was like can you babysit kiwi i was like yes because my parents went on a road trip with their friends and kiwi was at my house she broke into cat food dog food cat treats a bag of cheetos like she just like rips it open and eats it and you you can't even have it out anywhere like she'll find it Turns out my parents have baby locks on all of their cabinets. <laughs> Kiwi broke open my toaster Whoa. oven and took the bacon out and ate it on the floor. <laughs> like literally, like she was a wild beast. Then I, I was like, I'm never babysitting Kiwi again. That was crazy. And wow. then uh, we go to, for uh, Vietnamese New Year and we went to my parents' house and my mom had made like a bunch of food. 
and there was a wok on the oh, thing. No. It was not hot, but it oh. did have food in it. And we're eating, and I look through the dining room table into the kitchen. Kiwi's in the wok eating, and I was like, "Cat in a wok!" And my mom was like, "No!" And of course, you know, cats like they don't care about being told no or disciplined. Yeah, of course, yeah. So my mom just picked her up and gave her a bunch of kisses, and she was just like, "Yeah!" And then Aww. she put her down, and she was like, "No cats in the wok." No cats um, in the wok. Oh but, my gosh! Yeah, I mean, but you know, yeah, all I, it takes is to have one. Yeah, and I, and yeah, I think it's very different too because obviously I liked my cats growing up, but I don't definitely don't have the same type of you know relationship that I do with Penny. You know, like mm-hmm. we're, I mean, but I also feel like if you like cats too, you 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 sort of understand that there's a more give and a take. You know, I mean, yeah. again, I love dogs too, and they're you know dogs are definitely complex, but there is definitely an an element of dogs where you're like, oh, they just love me unconditionally. You no, know, I like, like the work. I yeah. like to work <laughs> at it. I like dogs too. And I, I I grew up with dogs as well, but I know what you mean. Yeah. It's just different. And it's, and it's, I think it's very cool that we as a society have like, you know, liked cats more and want to understand them, even though cats are just like, good luck. You know, I know. <laughs> yeah, they really are. <laughs> you're um, in love with me. You're like, you're like, it's like that thing where you're like, you're about to say, I love you. And they're just like, cool. Thanks. Yeah. You know? like, oh my God. I know they say thank you. And you're like, oh, cool. <laughs> um <laughs> tight 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 tight, tight. tight. yeah so i was just kidding i don't know you know like whatever we don't have to hang out anymore if you want we could i'll see you in a little like a week or yeah. so whatever whatever but then when you... when they feel like it they will freaking love bomb you Ugh. it is toxic <laughs> my relationship with my cats is very toxic wait are cats the biggest narcissists yes they are for oh. sure and i am an enabler <laughs> i just let them me too. I'm always like, anything you want, anything you want, I'll I'll do it just to get you to love me. You're like, I would John Wick for you. I you would. Know? Truly, like, if I was in a relationship with someone that was like, you need to get rid of, like, your cat for some reason, I would be like, uh, bye. Bye. Like, you're insane if you yeah. think that I'm gonna not going to have my cat in my life. Yeah, that's, yeah. We don't, we don't have time for that anymore. That no, of, what? Yeah. Come That's on. like a Reddit thread where somebody's like, is this okay? And everyone's oh, like, am I the asshole? My yeah, husband yeah. wants me to get rid of my cat. And everyone's like, no, <laughs> leave them, leave him. That's, that's the, always the good advice. Leave mm-hmm. him is always the best advice. Mm-hmm. Unless him is your cat. And then, oh, then you case. must not. Yes. You must protect him <laughs> at all costs, at all costs. Um, but yeah, so Kit, so, so he's like working in the, um, oh, first during the court, he like sees uh, the cat yeah. alive underneath a chair and he freaks out and everyone's like um uh, cuckoo like yeah. you're crazy and he's like no i swear it's alive it's alive then he starts doing his volunteer work because yes. that's what they sentenced him to 30 hours of community service at this animal shelter the animals go wacko wacko they burst out of the cages they're screaming and he like kicks a cat and then the person who's working there comes back and is like what the fuck are you doing yeah i feel like if this was a, if they made a tv episode of this or they made a movie it would be like the cats like in the in the dramatic part it's like the cats coming closer and then you caroline the the woman who runs the vet um or the volunteer or whatever she sees like the video cam footage and he's just like swinging the broom oh, around yeah. and nothing and like nothing yeah yeah that's yeah. I'm, like i'm getting those vibes during the, these moments you know yes he is definitely something either otherworldly or hallucinogenic is happening with him yeah and he thinks that the cats and the dogs are coming at him 
Um, they're like, oh, there's this big dog, Brutus. He's going to be put down because he's too ferocious. So let's just leave him in the cage and like he'll be put down in the morning. <laughs> he's the deus ex um, machina. I know, the deus ex Brutus. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sweet Brutus. <laughs> For Brutus. He just needed someone to train him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he later goes back to school, blah, blah, blah. Things happen. Then, and he starts dating Kit. He starts dating Jessica, and then he starts dating Kit. And yeah, all like, this stuff happens so fast. It's so fast. Like, truly, this is the fastest read I think we've ever... It's, it's like, 100, 100 pages. It's it, No, it's 130 pages, but it's, like, size 14 font, it feels Huge like. Huge margins. Yeah. It just zooms by. So then he... um, And he finds his friends dead. That's right. Each one of them sliced, slashed. To ribbons. To ribbons. To pieces. Which I was like, good. Yeah. They were bad people. But, but it is funny. And and this really just kind of backs up our whole narcissism conversation <laughs> is the moment where, because, you know, Ricky and Gail have been gone from his side to not on his side to his enemies, you know, to really working against him to then all of a sudden, like, being back on his side. And then it's like, oh, it didn't even occur to me that I might be next. I know. he's. I can't believe he didn't think of that. Yeah. That was a great book. That was actually really satisfying, like, as far as just, again, the pacing of this and, and the drama of it or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have to kind of spell it out for him. They're like, think about it. The Three Musketeers. The Three Musketeers. Then there were two. Now there's just you. Do you now understand? He's like, oh, I'm <laughs> next. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think who would play a good Marty, you know, in in like a teen movie. Like, I feel like the Johnny mm. Tsunami kid would be would have really fun with it. Uh, oh, who was that? See, I didn't grow up with cable, so I don't know who any. Um, he's a, he's a really funny. He's really funny on TikTok now, like the guy who plays him. But he would be. I feel like this would be like a. Oh good, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what, I'm seeing this person. What's mm-hmm. his, what's his name? Something. Um, hold on. I oh, Bren, Brandon Baker. Maybe yeah, but like Johnny uh, Tsunami star Brandon Baker. Yeah, yeah. I mean this twist. I know we got to get to the twist. Yeah. Um. So. Then, uh, oh, he's working at the shelter and the animals are going wild again. And then, oh my gosh, who shows up? Kit. And he's like, oh my God, Kit, you came to visit me at work. And she's like, and the animals are barking, barking, barking. And then she holds her hand up and they stop. And he's like, huh? And I was like, oh, she's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, I mean, it's funny because it's like, she's the villain, but it's like, and it like, oh my God, Slay Queen. Like, this is full Megan, like. Yes, which lady again like this woman is awesome like she's awesome (laughs) um and she's like guess what marty i or she does she scratch him first she does something yeah and then he's like wait what and she's (laughs) like i've been um in love with you and guess what you killed me marty (laughs) and now it's your turn and he's like what <laughs> and she's like i'm a cat yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she turns into a cat lady yeah and she's like i loved you and you killed me but guess what you didn't realize that i have nine lives so she starts scratching him and she's biting him and she's about to kill him and then brutus isn't actually put down because someone wants him to guard their dump uh, truck yeah area. So, yeah something trash they want they want him as a guard dog. Yeah, Ugh, I saw. And then so he lets Brutus. Yes, he he lets Brutus out, and Brutus grabs her and kills her, and then he passes out. Cut to 
It's months later. He's on the court. Oh, my God. He's so good at basketball. He's the king. Blah, 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 blah. Then, oh, my God. What does he see? He freezes. That's right. Because he sees underneath the... Because she has a little heart on her forehead, which is very cute. Yeah, I know. Um, or no, it's a di- I, diamond, right? Oh, diamond, diamond, diamond. Yeah, She's yeah. so cute. Um, and then he sees her hiding underneath the bleachers he's, and he stops frozen. A ball hits him in the chest. He doesn't even care. And he's like, oh my God, she's alive. And then the end. Because it's, I mean, like, I mean, obviously the nine lives thing, but it almost didn't like, because then that opens up a whole other implication. It's like, if he, you think like his narcissism, like he didn't even think of that. It's like. Exactly. Like like if this was like, if there was cat two, cat again, like he would have gone paranoid and being like, she's going to come back. She's going to come back. Like she's got eight lives, you know? Yeah. Or, or seven lives left or whatever. Like, that would be the, the sequel, you know? Yeah. In, but instead, he's just like, doo-doo-doo. He's so self-obsessed. Like, the fact that he was like, okay, great, problem solved. I'm back yeah. to being the king. I'm back on top. When you should be haunted by the fact that she's going to come back. Just yeah. do the math, dumbass. It's, it's nine lives. She died twice. There's probably another one in there. Because yeah. you don't know where she was when she first met you, but like... Yeah. Anyway, he's an idiot, and I hope that the rest of his life is tormented by this cat. <laughs> Kit, the hero. I loved Kit. Yeah. She, yeah, Slay. Slay, Slay Kit. <laughs> Maybe it's her going to different towns, falling in love, and getting Oh, revenge. my God. Poor girl. Can't find love. I know. She's looking in all the wrong places. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't fall for bad, dumb basketball jocks. Come on. <laughs> fall for, like, cool uh, podcasters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Uh... If you're single, Kit, call me. <laughs> call me. Um, thank you so yeah. much for coming on and chatting with me, Steven. No, this was fun. There was a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of juice in this one, I feel like, compared there to was. I mean, you know, you you guys read so many good good books and bad books, but like, I don't know. This is why it's fun. It's because it's, you know, it's uh we're bringing our own stuff to it as well, too. <laughs> I know. All, there's a lot of therapy talk today. We're all working out a little something, you know. So <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Uh, let everyone know um, what you got going on and where they can find you. You can follow me at Severian Morris on all the things. See Jurassic Right, that podcast, the Purcast. Um, yeah, all the all there, there. They know you. They yeah, love yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> thank uh, you so much, Stephen. Thank you, uh, and thank you everybody for listening. Um, we really, really appreciate you. Uh, next week we are covering. Next week, we are covering Scarecrow by Richie Tankersley Cusick. And I suspect it's another one of her adult ones. So, like, I'm sure there's going to be incest involved. Um, so, uh, make sure you check that out. Um, a very special thank you to our Patreon listeners. Uh, you seriously help keep us alive. Patreon.com slash Teen Creeps. Got a lot of really cool stuff on there for you. And as you probably know, we are Lindsay is on hiatus right now because of work being so crazy. But she is still joining us for Patreon. So... Uh, that's out there. A very special thank you to our Patreon producers. Thank you, Adam Halwitz, Amanda K, Amy T, Ann Dwyer, Caitlin L, Carrie H, Charlie B, Courtney McPhail, Danielle Lamana, Danny B, Drew Oranis, Ellie Lagos, Emma, Emma M, Aaron B, Gabriela Santiago, Gwendolyn Ludovic, Hannah L, Jason H, Jeremy Cronk, Jeremy Goodfellow and Marco Pavlicich, Jesse T, Jessica Smith-Harper, Jessica Yu, Jonathan Venable, Kat Miller, Katie Olsner, Keith Anderson, Kelly Burns, Carrie N., Coy, Landry Desmond, Larry Nguyen, Laura Hooper, Megan Lozier, 
Melody, Mike Eunice, Miguel Camacho, Miranda Hester, Molly G, Molly Marks, Noah Spargo, Rachel C, Rashad Black, Randy Klett, Rebecca Goss, Robert F, Rogue Kalahua, Sasha Gibson, Shannon P, Sylvie T, Victoria Beck, and Whitney E. Thank you very much. We really, really appreciate you. Um, and again, huge thanks to Stephen Ray Morris, uh, the king of our cat hearts. Um, and we will talk with you guys next week. Until then, keep it creepy.